How do we help our children and youth understand the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? What are some Lenten and Easter activities that we can do with our children? Join us today as I interview Krista Young on the topic of Easter and today's families. She's the Director of Christian Education and Youth Ministry at Hope Lutheran Church in North Carolina. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's radio program. My co-host today is Ali Booker. Krista, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Kay. How you doing? I'm good. And you? Doing well. Thank you. Great. And your family is doing well? Yeah, they are. They're having um, a great spring. So Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I ask you to share some thoughts and ideas with our radio listeners about how we can help our children and youth understand the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's Lent. Uh, We're looking toward Easter. And uh, sometimes parents really don't know what they can do related to that and how they can uh, utilize some of the more secular Easter activities to give them a Christ-centered focus. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, some of your thoughts. Well, the first thing I think of is defining some words, and and maybe as a family even looking up what does Lent mean, and and why do we celebrate it, and and kind of taking a an academic look at some of the things the church does, and why do we do them, and what's the history behind them, and um, even young children I think can start to learn, um, like there's different colors in the seasons sometimes in your churches or or different things that a church will do traditionally, and why do we do it that way? So um, that would be the first thing I would think of. And I know that there's lots of books and different um, activities and things that can be um, utilized. One of my very favorite things is still, now that my kids are a little bit older even, the resurrection eggs. Mm -hmm. And I know we used to make them back in the day ourselves. I remember making them very well, and now you buy them all over the place. Yeah, That's right. That's right. And and the idea is that it might connect a little bit to like an advent calendar, that there are 24 eggs, and each egg connects to a different piece or a different part of the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. And and his, you know, leading to the cross. Mm-hmm. And so I know in some sets there might be a small whip, and then that you could read the Bible verse about when Jesus was, you know, was whipped and, mm-hmm. and for our sins and, and beaten and stuff. And so each of those little pieces then connects to to a part of the story. Let's Let's talk, we don't need to talk about all of them, but I had several in my Witnessing a Lifestyle book. I have a chapter on witnessing during the holidays, and I... Uh, put uh, some devotional resurrection egg ideas in, not necessarily what we see. You know, just you can kind of think through, first of all, you have to look for small things, (laughs) things that will fit into a big plastic egg. But (laughs) I had a couple. I have an eraser in one of mine. Do you, uh, can you come up with what we might share with the children related to faith if we had an eraser in the egg? Yeah, well, that Jesus erases our sins. And right. He was, I've done that for a children's message before. Okay. And um, that the eraser, just like an eraser, you know, erases the mark of the pencil, Jesus erases our sins and takes mm-hmm. them away. 
and um, and that's I think a really powerful lesson for kids really to is. learn at any age, yeah. over and over again. So. You bet. You bet. Another one that I have, and I always have to watch for these. You can at certain times of the year find chocolate. Uh, coins. Mm-hmm. They're wrapped in, in gold or silver, and I always buy those for my grandkids. Can you think of what we could talk about related to the passion if we had a coin? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, and just the, the, fra- the way you're phrasing the question would be a great conversation for a family to have. Mm-hmm. You know, let's think about the story and, and what, you know, where were coins in the story, you know, in this, in this Bible reading that we just read, and so how um, Judas um, betrayed Jesus for the 30 coins. Right. I think, you know, for kids would go, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then the fun thing, I think, is that any time they see that <laughs> um, chocolate coin or something that reminds them of that, sure. that's what's in their head, and it kind of yeah. gives a little light bulb effect again. Right. And so, if you give yeah. them each one of the coins to eat later on, they'll love that, too. <laughs> right. They'll remember that. Right. That's great. Ali, you have a question for Krista? Uh, no, I didn't have one just yet, but I will in just a moment. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, any other uh, egg uh, ideas that you use? Just one or two more, Krista? Well, not necessarily the resurrection egg sets, but I think of um, some people have, I know in their yards they have, they might decorate with big Easter, you know, big colored eggs. And, and you know, children might kind of start to wonder, well, why... Why do we have Easter egg hunts, or why why do we have bunnies and chickens and and baby things and stuff? And I know there's a couple of really good Christian books I've read um, that really lay out the idea of spring and new life mm-hmm. and how everything kind of starts to to look alive again in the spring after a long winter, and that we have new life. The connection then is that we have new life through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and so. If you're decorating with little baby chicks and bunnies and and things like that for your decorations, um, I think that's a great conversation to have with children and, and teenagers as well, um, that it's about spring, but then as Christians we can look at it also as new life. And if you have those eggs around, um, you know, maybe maybe there's little treasures that are hiding inside those that have a message mm, as well. Sure, sure. Um, or underneath them are different things. Yeah. And um, if you're having an Easter egg hunt, I think there's lots of fun things that you can do as well, depending on, um, you know, what your budget is. I think you can stuff your Easter eggs with candy and goodies, but I think you can also use, like, erasers or stickers or um, little um, symbols that might connect to the, to the Easter message. And um, I've also seen where people do the colored jelly beans, mm-hmm. and um, each color has a different meaning, like black is about our sin, and um, white is about how we've been washed clean. And so you could use an opportunity like that um, when you maybe have neighbors and friends over and you're having just a fun Easter egg hunt, then you can stop at the end and maybe explain a little bit about um, about the message and, and what the what Easter is all about. Or maybe even have one big, um, bigger egg that's maybe empty, and the kids might feel like that's a, a sham, but then recognize that that's the best gift we've ever been given was the empty tomb. Mm. 
and um, and what that looks like for us as Christians now. You bet, you bet. Uh, Krista, one of the things we talked about the other day um, that I want to just bring in as we talk about Easter egg hunts is that there is some um, uh, parts of the Passover meal for Jewish people. If you've ever seen a, um, a Passover meal or gone through one with a Messianic Jew, they had a hard-boiled egg in it, and they also have, I think it's the masa, where the children go and hunt for the bread. And and I just think there's some con- connections there for what we do today that um, might have more symbolism or understanding than we realize, uh, because, of course, most Jews today are not Messianic Jews, and they don't believe in Jesus as the um, the Savior of the world. But as we look at those Jewish traditions, that's a family event, there are some connections to what we do today. And I just wanted to bring that up because I, I think uh, it's important to, to make some of those connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of churches will do like a Seder meal. Mm-hmm. And um, that becomes really meaningful, especially if you celebrate Monday, Thursday, which is the Thursday before Good Friday. And... Um, to understand that Jesus was participating in the traditional Passover yes, meal. Mm-hmm. And then he changed that um, by then now it becomes our understanding of um, when he gave us the, you know, the bread and the wine and things. And so our church has done that. We don't do it every, every year, but we might do it every other year or every three years where mm-hmm. we have a Seder meal and learn the meanings of the different sure. um, pieces of it. And then when you read about it in Exodus, you go, oh, yeah, that's what they're doing. You bet. So, um, you bet. yeah, that's a neat connection, I think, right. to way to our very earliest roots, even. So. Okay, yeah. Ollie, do you have a question for Krista? Uh, yes, I do. I was um, going to uh, ask her about the Easter hunt. We were talking about the egg hunt. And uh, what we've done is put parts of puzzles and each one a piece of a puzzle, and then when they collect the eggs, we uh, would put the puzzle together, and then it would show that Christ had risen from the grave, and uh, we would show new life. Mm. And so they they got a, a, a kick out of doing that, putting it all together to see new life. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that idea, especially for, I think, more, it seems to me that more and more families with young children are, not as excited about all the candy and sweets mm-hmm. that's true that kids get and they're being a little bit more health conscious and so that still gives the traditional family easter egg hunt but um but with a new twist i really like that ollie i like okay. that too thanks ollie hey i had uh krista and i'm going to be sharing it in our next email newsletter but i had um Make pretzels during Lent. Could I, I'm going to just read that and ask for your comments. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this before. I had not. Um, uh, make pretzels to give away to friends and family during Lent. Let those you give them to know that you are praying for them, and then don't forget to pray. Did you know that making pretzels is a Lenten tradition? Pretzels are shaped like arms folded in prayer and can remind us to pray to God for our needs and the needs of others. Use the following recipe recipe to make pretzels. This recipe lists the amounts per person, so you can do it 
with a group of people in your home or at church. Have each person sprinkle one half teaspoon of yeast into three tablespoons of warm water, stir to dissolve, add one half teaspoon of sugar, one half cup of flour, and two teaspoons of grated cheese. Stir, then knead until smooth. Cut the dough into four pieces and roll into a snake shape. Shape the four pieces like pretzels, then brush them with a a beaten egg. Sprinkle with coarse ground salt. Bake on a baking sheet at 425 degrees for 15 minutes. And this was from a church that I was speaking at, Trinity Lutheran Church in Sauk Rapids, Minnesota. And I I collect these things. I I see them and then I share them with others. Uh, Had you ever heard of pretzels during Lent, Krista? Yeah, yes, I had. And I I don't know where that tradition comes from, but um, it is a fun one. And I like your recipe that has sort of a a group activity where maybe even young children can can Mm -hmm. be participating in the making of it. And um, Lent is often a time when people might give something up or start something like a, a, a new tradition in terms of devotion or Bible reading. And that would be a fun connect to say, um, let's make pretzels and then give them to our friends and neighbors mm. and then remember every single day to pray for them. And um, and maybe that's your Lenten tradition is that, you know, we're going to be praying for people or, you know, I know people that might give up um, fast food or Starbucks or McDonald's or something. And then you, then what I like about that is not just that they give it up, but then they intentionally use the money that they've saved mm towards helping a charity or somebody in need. And so it's like then taking it to the next step. And so I think the pretzels could be a great experience to say, let's not just give pretzels away, but then let's commit to praying for those families that we give them to. So that's neat. Awesome. And it reminds me a little bit of, have you ever done those? um, Oh, and now I can't think of the name of them, but they're the Easter cookies. Oh, yes. And basically you mix them up. Oh, those and, are awesome. Um, I did those when my kids were little, yeah. and they're kind of almost a little bit like a meringue. Yes. Um, but you mix them up, and then you put them in the oven, and in the morning they're hollow. And the girls just thought that was the, you know, what? How did that happen? And <laughs> and that was a really neat experience, too, to, you know, that they mixed it up and and they are expecting more like a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> sure, sure. And and I have that uh, in my my book, the Witnessing a Lifestyle book, as well. And each segment of it, let me just read one section: place the pecans in a zipper bag and allow each member of the family to beat them with a wooden spoon. Soon they will break into small pieces. Remind them that when Jesus was arrested, he was beaten by the soldiers. Make sure. You tell them that he was beaten for their sins and for your sins. And each step of that cookie recipe shares why Jesus suffered and died. It's just very awesome. It's very awesome. I want to make a few announcements and then I'll come back. Each week, Family Shield offers a booklet or resource to our radio listeners. This week, we're offering the booklet, Finding Balance in Your Life. To receive a copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-317-4326. Family Shield uh, uh, donors that send a donation of $25 or more during March and April of 2012 will receive a complimentary copy of my book, Witnessing a Lifestyle. The 160-page book has four segments that include Witnessing Basics, Witnessing Begins at Home, 
Witnessing During Holidays and Witnessing in the Community. In the segment on holidays, there's a chapter called Easter Offers Opportunities to Share Christ. It includes numerous Christ-centered activities for you to do with your children and families. Send your check to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Your gift allow us to continue to air Family Shield on 50 stations in 25 states. Thanks for considering this gift. Family Shield is a Thrivent Choice Dollars organization. This means that if you or your spouse is a Thrivent Financial for Lutheran member, you can sign up to have Family Shield receive your Thrivent Choice Dollars. Learn more on our website or email me at FSM, standing for Family Shield Ministries, letter K, Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R, at yahoo.com. We encourage you to sign up to receive the Family Shield email newsletter on the homepage at www.familyshieldministries.com. Next week, our Family Shield special uh, will feature Dr. Timothy Seleska of Concordia Seminary. It'll be more of a traditional, what does the Bible say about Lent? the suffering and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I hope you'll join us next week. I want to go back to my guest again, Krista Young, and uh, ask her again other ideas that she has uh, related to helping our children and our youth learn more about the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, especially during Lent and Easter. Well, one of the things I was thinking is... um as we were um, preparing for this case, how many um, parents might not actually know even the whole the whole Bible um, the whole Bible? I don't want to say story because it's not a made-up story, story, but um, the account of Jesus. And um, if they have young children, to pull out a children's Bible and and to just start telling um, and reading that to their children, so that it becomes more familiar. And then they themselves might go to a study Bible even and look up, you know, a little more in-depth of things and, and use this as an opportunity to ask their pastor questions and why, why this and what about that. And there's some funny little things that happen along the way that, um, that have caught my attention, and, you know, over the years. And, um, and you stop and go, really? Who cut off, someone cut off a guard's ear in the garden, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And... What, how did that happen, and why? And why was he carrying a sword in the first place? And especially for the older youth and teenagers, that you know, those conversations would be really beneficial to to really dig in and and to look for the answers together. Um, the other thing that I recently came across on Facebook was um, something that I want to do this year with my family because it's the first time I've seen it. But it's basically they made a little garden. Um, out of um, the bottom of a clay pot, you know, the, the part that would hold it. And then they put a little small pot, um, and they cover it with dirt, and then you, you can put the three little crosses hot glued with sticks, and then they put grass seed on it, and then you spritz it every couple, you know, a couple times a day, and the grass seed grows. And it looks like a hill with um, an open cave, and if you put a rock in front of it, then that looks like 
um, it could look like the tomb, and um, on Easter morning you could move the rock, and it's empty inside, and and that would be just a fun decoration, um, but could also be very symbolic as you explain to your family why it's there and what it means and what it reminds us of. Yeah, that's great. That's great. There are so many of those kind of things. We can't always share them real easily on the radio, but we need to be looking at how we can use those kind of activities that the children can help us with. It reminds me also of um, when I was on internship, it was the first time I had my own Christmas tree. And I I was in Wisconsin, so I got a live Christmas tree, and my family had always used um, artificial trees. Well, someone from the congregation helped me throw my tree out, and then they took that Christmas tree, and he cut off all the branches, and he cut it in half, and he made a cross out of it, and he put it on the stand, and he gave it back to me. And that was really meaningful for me because it was my Christmas tree. Um, the trunk of my tree now became my Easter cross. And so I hung a purple cloth on it during Lent, and then on Easter I changed it to a white cloth. And um, because that, you know, that whole connection of Jesus was born, and we celebrate that at Christmas, and then that same tree then became um, a reminder of his death um, for my sins. And that was just a neat gift that somebody, <laughs> you know, this man took my tree. There was a family that I was pretty good friends with, and he took my tree and gave it back to me. And at first I thought, well, what are you giving it back for? <laughs> it's supposed to be trash. Yeah. But um, he ended up making that meaningful for me, and that was a, that was a neat experience as yeah. a young person. That's great. <clears throat> Ollie, do you have a, another question for Krista? Uh, yes. I was going to say that... Uh, we have the children, and they have their own church. And uh, Easter time, you know, they're always dressed up anyway. So we have taken time to teach them a speech or sing a song about Easter, and uh, the families come and look and listen. So we, you know, in that they can tell them about how he died and how he rose again. And so they get a joy out of doing that. And in learning that, you know, that helps them to remember what we have been teaching them all the time. Mm-hmm. And so they just get oh, they just get so happy because they're all dressed up mm-hmm. and they get a chance to yeah. do that. So. Yeah. That's neat. And I think that the stories I know over the years of especially dads who have been touched by their children's faith through um, through preschools or schools or Sunday school experiences where the kids are learning things and coming home and teaching their family, and that becomes a witness to the whole family then. Mm-hmm. And it, it, we have to mention that many times someone in the family is not a Christian, and right. the children's faith can so often touch uh, their grandparents or, uh, or an aunt or uncle. I often do the M&Ms Remind Me of God as a children's devotional in churches, and uh, when and I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but when I get done, I give them a little bag of M&Ms for them to eat. But I also give them a bag for them to share how God our M&Ms remind them of God with someone else. And I hope that many times they're sharing those with their loved ones that may not be active in church or may not know Christ. Awesome, awesome ideas. Thanks so much for that. that's what's so beautiful about children is they're not inhibited. Not at all. By some of the social cues, and Mm -hmm. they're excited. And, um, you know, if they're having fun and excited about something, then that just kind of just bubbles out of them, and it's just a fun 
um, a fun time to be, um, to and and that parents who have strong faith can um, can really help their children to understand and know what's going on. I think of a quick story when my daughter was in first grade in the public school. We knew that her teacher was a strong Christian, but they started talking about spring and they were having going to have an Easter break, and so my daughter just like went on this rampage about what Easter is really all about and how Jesus died on the cross and. Her teacher came and um, wrote a note to me, and then we saw each other later, and she was just so touched by my daughter's um, bold witness, and um, and Grace didn't even realize she was making, mm-hmm, she's just mm-hmm. telling the story that she she's knows. She's just and, telling what she and, knows and what right, she learned teacher, at home. The teacher was really thrilled because she couldn't say much about yeah. it, but then here this little girl the just little children can. went on and on and on, right. so that was kind of fun in that the public fun. schools. So. And, and that happens, and that's, that's when it right. happens is... When we teach them, they will share it. We have about three minutes left. Krista, what else do you want to share? Just a fun idea at Hope that um, started. I don't know when the tradition started before I got here. But they put a cross on the front lawn, um, and it's covered in chicken wire. And the tradition here is that everybody brings flowers from your home or your garden, and um, you push them into the chicken wire, so the cross at the beginning looks like this ugly wooden cross, but by the end of Easter morning, it's just covered with beautiful arrangement of flowers, and they're all different, and it's just really fun to come out of services on Easter morning and see, and that becomes a, a place, um, Ollie was talking about kids dressed up, yeah. that can become you know, like the family Picture, photo place yeah. um, on Easter morning, and it's just a fun way to... Um, for the whole congregation to get in, in excited about something. And I always use it as an excuse for my husband to buy me flowers. <laughs> so I need them to uh-huh. take for Easter morning. Oh, so. neat, neat. That is, that is great. Again, my guest has been Krista Young. We've been talking about Lenten and Easter activities that we can do with our families, our extended families. I think there's been a lot of good ideas. You know, sometimes we do topics that are pretty, um, can be kind of, depressing. We did something recently, Krista, on suicide, and and yet we have to deal with all kinds of topics. But we want to encourage our families uh, in the faith, and and, uh, it's good to have fun and to do activities with our children and our families. Uh, So um, we just have a little, just one little short thought that you have, Krista. We're about, we have about a minute left, so maybe I shouldn't ask you that. Any just quick thoughts you have for our listeners? Yeah, I would just encourage if they go to Good Friday services um, or to talk about Good Friday, that it could be a great opportunity to talk about death and what the family believes mm. happens after death in terms of eternal life with Jesus and, and um, to help our children kind of connect um, if they've had that experience in their own lives. Yeah, I'm, I meant to ask you that, and that one just flew yeah. by. We could have talked about that for a long time, but our time right. is up. Uh, again, my guest has been Krista Young, and uh, we're so thankful that she uh, helped us uh, with some good ideas that we can take home and use with our families. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Learn more at www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Kay. Um, And again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks for listening.
You've been listening to Family Shield, a radio production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people to know Christ, grow in His Word, and strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123 or call 1-877-317-4326. A CD of today's program is available upon request.